0: You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. The title of this week's lesson is I Am the Law and the Light, and it covers 3rd Nephi chapters 12 through 16. You may have noticed that I have some new music this week. I have a brother who is a talented musician, and he was kind enough to give me a song to use. So his name is Chad Jensen. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate that. Trying to get this lesson done this week has been a struggle. (laughs) I recorded this episode yesterday, and yesterday afternoon, I listened to it about six times. And when I went to bed last night, I was like, it just was bothering me. I knew I needed to redo it. But I'm supposed to have it out this morning in about 20 minutes. And I was like, what am I going to do? And then I woke up this morning and I thought, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And this morning I was exercising and I was listening to it and I was like, no, you have to redo it. So here I am. It's about 20 minutes before this episode is supposed to come out and I'm redoing it. And I don't know why. I just know that I need to. And so I am. (laughs) So for those of you who listen to it right at 10 o'clock on Thursdays, I apologize because I know I'm going to mess up your day today. But for some reason, the Spirit was just telling me I needed to redo this, and I don't know why, but here we go. The opening paragraph says, Like Jesus' disciples who gathered at the Mount in Galilee, the people who gathered at the temple at Bountiful had lived under the law of Moses. They had followed it because it pointed their souls to Christ, and now Christ stood before them, declaring a higher law. But even those of us who have never lived the law of Moses can recognize that the standard Jesus set for his disciples is a much higher law. I would that ye should be perfect, he declared. If this makes you feel inadequate, remember that Jesus also said, Blessed are the poor in spirit who come unto me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This higher law is an invitation, another way of saying, come unto me and be ye saved. Like the law of Moses, this law points us to Christ, the only one who can save and perfect us. Behold, he said, I am the law and the light. Look unto me and endure to the end, and ye shall live. The chapters in this lesson are all so great. Usually I go through and I read them and I highlight the things that really stand out to me. And this week I was literally highlighting whole chapters. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? Should I just read all the chapters out loud or what? When Jesus is speaking, what parts do you leave out? It's all relevant, and it's all good, and every bit of it is exactly what we need to hear. And I feel like even the people who wrote this lesson were kind of feeling the same way. In the little italicized part at the very top, it says something like, there's a lot in here, and we've picked out a few topics, but there's a whole lot more, so just read it and see what the Spirit has to say to you. And that's pretty much exactly what I did. This week we read more about the Savior's visit to the Nephites. Here we have the main event of the Book of Mormon. It's the thing that prophets have prophesied about and people have looked forward to and argued about for years. Jesus has finally come in person to the people in the land of Bountiful. And these chapters are so significant because Jesus isn't here to live among these people. He's only going to be there in person for a short time. So I would think that the things he has to say to them are the most important things that he wants them to hear straight from himself in person. So they're also the things that we need to hear and to pay attention to. In the first section of the lesson, it says that there are many truths, words of counsel, and warnings in these chapters. Jesus is teaching us how to be a true disciple. Most of the things that he tells to these people are the same things he told to the people that we read about in the book of Matthew. Jesus is teaching his gospel. These are the most important things that we need to hear and know. He tells the people that they will be blessed if they believe his words and the words of his prophets and choose to be baptized. But the people who are even more blessed are the ones who believe without having seen the Savior in person, which is most of us. We weren't there to witness this in person, so we have to have the faith to believe his words and then do what he says. And then he shares with them the Beatitudes. He's basically sharing what he said at the Sermon on the Mount. Beatitude means to be happy, be fortunate, or to be blessed. And these are the results we get when we apply these teachings in our own lives. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are they who do hunger and thirst, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers, and blessed are they who are persecuted in the name of Christ. The poor in spirit, or those who are humble, will receive the kingdom of heaven, those who mourn shall be comforted, the meek will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled with the Holy Ghost. The merciful will obtain mercy. The pure in heart shall see God. The peacemakers will be called the children of God. And the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are persecuted. In verse 11, he says, And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And then he says, For ye shall have great joy and be exceedingly glad, for great shall be your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. This verse just really struck me because here he's saying that all of these hard things are going to happen, but you will have great joy and be exceedingly glad. So how do we get from one to the other? As I was thinking about this this week, I think a lot of these principles that he's teaching just really come down to obedience. Right now I have three kids in college, and let me tell you, college right now is a struggle. (laughs) BYU keeps threatening to close, They aren't allowed to do anything social. My daughter was involved in some clubs, which are now closed down. My son was involved in some intramural sports, which aren't happening anymore. My daughter has one class that's in person on campus, and everyone in her class sits by themselves with a mask on at their own personal folding table. It's not a very conducive environment for making friends, which has been really hard. And I've had many talks with my kids about their struggles and some of their frustrations with the things that they have to do and the things that they can't do. And whether you agree or disagree with it, it's just a hard situation. And there are so many opportunities to break the rules or kind of go outside of the things that they've been asked to do. But what we've all decided that it really comes down to is that obedience brings blessings. And you're always better off doing the thing you're asked to do, even if it's hard. Like President Nelson said, the Lord loves effort, and effort brings blessings that can't come without it. This life is sometimes really hard, (laughs) but Jesus tells us that in the end, we can have great joy and be exceedingly glad, for great shall be our reward in heaven. This life is temporary, and our struggles are temporary. So we don't want to give up our reward in heaven for temporarily feeling justified in doing the things we want to do, even when we know they're not right. It's just not worth it. In verse 16, he says, Therefore, let your light so shine before this people that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Right now, the world needs light, and we need to shine the light that we have in whatever way we can to help other people who might be struggling. He talks to the people about being kind to everyone and not holding grudges against people or causing arguments, and he tells us that we need to keep our thoughts clean. And then in verse 30, he says, for it is better that ye should deny yourselves of these things, wherein you will take up your cross, than that ye should be cast into hell. We all have crosses to bear in this life, every single one of us, and sometimes they can seem pretty hard to handle. But we have to remember that our Savior knows us, and He knows what we need to help us become what we need to become. Growth is uncomfortable, and sometimes it's not very fun. But the more we try to do the good things, the happier we'll be, and the more peace we can feel, no matter what is going on. Starting in verse 38, he says, And behold, it is written, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, That ye shall not resist evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. And behold, it is also written, that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But behold, I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father who is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. Jesus is telling us some pretty hard things here. Love your enemies, do good to people who don't like you, pray for people who are mean. These things are not easy. But it's like I said before, I think he's trying to get us to see that this life is temporary, and the things we deal with here are temporary, but it's how we deal with them that can have eternal consequences. And then he says in verse 48, Therefore, I would that ye should be perfect, even as I, or your Father who is in heaven, is perfect. I think sometimes we see that word and we have a panic attack. And we think, well, I'm not even close to being perfect, so how can I ever make it? But we have to remember that another word for perfect is complete. And if you look up the footnote, there are a few other words to take notice of. It says righteousness and the ability of man to become like God. It doesn't say to be like God today. It's to become like God. And through the atonement of our Savior, we can be on that path every single day we can be perfect in trying and in trying again. We don't have to believe the lie that this is who I am and I can't change, so all hope for me is lost. Our Savior's atonement makes change possible. Elder Holland said, Brothers and sisters, every one of us aspires to a more Christ-like life than we often succeed in living. If we admit that honestly and are trying to improve, we are not hypocrites, we are human. May we refuse to let our own mortal follies and the inevitable shortcomings of even the best men and women around us. Make us cynical about the truths of the gospel, the truthfulness of the church, our hope for our future, or the possibility of godliness. If we persevere, then somewhere in eternity our refinement will be finished and complete, which is the New Testament meaning of perfection. In chapter 13, Jesus teaches several things to his disciples and to us. He tells them not to be prideful in serving others. He teaches them not to be hypocrites and to not do things just to be seen of men. He teaches them the correct way to pray and tells them not to use vain repetitions. And he teaches them to forgive others. Starting in verse 19, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if the eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness! No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. I think through all of this, Jesus is trying to get us to see the bigger picture. There is so much more to our lives than just today, but our choices today will affect our future and will affect who we are ultimately becoming. We can't live our lives just doing all the things just because that's what other people expect of us. Eventually, we need a reason, and we have to be committed to that reason, because if we don't, and if we're not, this world is just too difficult to live in sitting on the fence. Eventually, we have to pick a side. In chapter 14, verses 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity." And I think it's important to note that the Joseph Smith translation of that verse, instead of Jesus saying, I never knew you, he says, you never knew me. It's really up to us. We might be able to fool other people and we might be able to fool ourselves, but we can never fool our heavenly father or our savior. And one big takeaway that I've gotten from this year is that when nothing is expected of me, I don't have to go to church. I don't have to do my calling. I can't attend the temple. Who am I, and what am I going to do? When everything else has been stripped away, what are my priorities, and where do my loyalties actually lie? These have been some good things for me to think about this year. As Jesus often does, he illustrates his teachings with a parable. And this is the parable of the wise man and the foolish man. In verses 25 through 27, he says, Therefore, whoso heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, who built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The gospel of Jesus Christ is our rock. He says so many times in these chapters that we need to hear, to remember, and then do. He said, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. We can find answers to our hard questions and solutions to our problems, but it takes effort on our part. We have to ask, we have to seek, and then we shall find. Our Savior is just waiting for us to come to Him. Jesus said, Behold, I am the law and the light. Look unto me and endure to the end, and ye shall live. For unto him that endureth to the end will I give eternal life. Behold, I have given unto you the commandments. Therefore keep my commandments. And this is the law and the prophets, for they truly testified of me. Jesus Christ is not only our collective Savior, he is our individual Savior. He is perfect. His gospel is eternal. And he knows you and the things that you are going through right now today. He brings light to our darkest days. He brings peace to our chaotic lives. And he gives us hope that if we just hang on and keep moving forward, we can make it through our hard weeks. And in the end, we will have great joy and be exceedingly glad. And those are my thoughts for this week's lesson. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly, or you can find a transcript of this episode if I remember to put it up, <laughs> at comefollowmeweekly.com. I hope you have a great rest of your day.